Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. This week, we'll be discussing Star Wars The Clone Wars, the entire series by, well, it was Lucasfilm at the time, and uh, and was on Cartoon Network, and there was also a little movie that led into it as well. So we'll be discussing that, and joining me this week is none other than Mr. Jared Hahn. Jared, welcome back. Thanks. Hello, denizens of the internet. <laughs> That's your catchphrase, isn't it? I figured I had to have something. <laughs> well, so Alex would not be joining us this week. He has other things to attend to. Um, and as our listeners know, we are recording this ahead of schedule because it'll be posting automatically, hopefully, on the proper day uh, that this should be coming out on Saturday. I don't even know. I don't have a calendar in front of me. But it'll come out on time, hopefully. Uh, because I'll be out of town and won't be able to up record or upload properly. So, here we go. Cool. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Jarrett, what have you been entertained by recently? Hearthstone. <laughs> a lot a lot of those card games. A lot huh? of, yeah. I, I made fun of it a lot, and then I started getting into it, and now I'm stuck deeply in Hearthstone. So, um the nice little, like, you know, a match is no more than 10 minutes. It squeezes into a lot of, you know, sitting at the doctor's office, play a match of Hearthstone. Right. You know, sort of thing. Uh, and kid's sleeping, but he's going to wake up soon and play a match of Hearthstone. Because you can just, you know, quit and concede the game if they wake up. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it's not like losses don't really mean a ton, right? I mean, if you're playing ranked, I guess they could. Do you do ranked? Yeah. Are, are you pro, Are you pro, on the leaderboard? Well, not worth <laughs> noting. But pro tip for those who aren't in Hearthstone... If you play a casual game, you don't get placed nearly as well as you do if you play a ranked game. Like, What's that mean? So, like, if you play a ranked game, it's assuming that you have a certain set of cards, you start from the bottom up, and you're only going to face people who are as good or have the same type of cards as you do, like, at your level. So if you play for free and you never sink any money into the game, you're probably going to start off with a very finite amount of cards, the mm-hmm. basics. And when you go to ranked, you're just going to be fighting other people with basic cards. You're not going to be facing people with legendaries and all this other stuff. Okay. So play ranked. I have a lot of friends who really got out of the game because they played casual games and they're getting stomped on by these people with you know legendary decks that are just that have poured money into the game and got poured good lots stuff. of money into the game. And you know, even if you pour money into the single player expansions to get the single player games, the, the cards that come with it, mm-hmm. you're going to do a lot better than someone with just basic cards. Right. So there's a bit of a learning curve there. But if you play beginner ranked, you're going to get other people who are in that same bracket, and it's a lot of fun. And at that point, it'll get you a little bit more interested in the game. You might get some gold. You might buy some packs. Mm-hmm. It goes pretty fast. It takes a while to earn gold enough to buy a pack, right? There's daily quests, yeah. Okay. So you get uh, 10 gold per three victories in, like, ranked or casual play. And then uh, daily quests, that can be worth anywhere from, like, 30 gold to 100 gold or a free pack. Okay. So, and I like how they do it because you can you can stock up gold. Mm-hmm. And you can use the gold to buy the expansions instead of actually yep. spending money. You could buy the single-player expansions. They are, I mean, Blizzard obviously curves it so that it costs, like, months of savings if you do all your daily quests. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get a if you get a character level within the game to 20, you unlock Tavern Brawls, which are, like, a special play mode that you can do hmm. uh, once a week. And just winning one Tavern Brawl a week gets you a free pack. So, oh, I mean, there's nice. lots of little things that sort of inject free in there. Um but it's fun. It's been a while since I played it. I have it on my iPhone, and uh, I stopped playing it just because, I don't know, I just stopped. I had no real reason, nothing against or anything, but I think at the time I was playing a lot of Witcher, and so my mind was going between Gwent, Gwent yeah. and <laughs> Hearthstone, which have similar 
principles, I yeah. guess you could say. But uh, I'm looking forward to maybe checking it out again because the last time I started playing Hearthstone was actually talking to Paulo on this podcast. He got me in there, and then we ended up playing. I think because you can play. Other if people. I have yep. yeah, if I have an iPhone and if you have an well, you have an iPhone, but if you had a Droid or something like that, we could all could just still play, play against yeah. somebody on Windows or Mac OS X or anything else. So yeah. it's all cross-platform. It's it's fun. I mean, I I need to actually play it again because I don't play anything on my phone anymore. I have a lot of intention to play a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Like I have hundreds of gigs worth of or well, hundreds a hundred gigs worth of apps on my phone, and I'm sure that. I've got 70 games in there that I've never even launched that I've bought because I was like, oh, I'll try this out sometime. Like Mass Effect had a game that came out, maybe yeah. even two that came out that I never played. Deus Ex had a game that I never have played yet. Uh, there's a, all, all kinds of stuff. but yeah. It's good in that it tickles that competitive aspect when you want to have, you want to you know, p- play another human being and mm-hmm. try to be outsmart. I mean, there's some, you know, they call it RNG. It's the random number generator. There's a lot of, you never know what cards are going to come up next, but it's fun. It's a good game. A lot of random stuff, too. Yeah. Other than that, I've been playing Heroes of the Storm on the PC. I'm kind yeah. of in a Blizzard mode right now. <laughs> and I haven't even checked that out yet, but you've been trying to get me to it's check good. out Heroes of the Storm. It's yeah, it's fun. If you like MOBAs, it's fun. So with Heroes of the Storm, what I have never played a MOBA. Okay. What? Give me the, the two-second elevator pitch. It's a, it's a competitive online battle arena. With you and other friends? Like, yeah, you and four others. It could be your friends. It could be public people. It could be anybody else. So you have a, a, in the case of Heroes of the Storm, you have like seven or eight different maps, all of which do slightly different things. But at the end of the day, you have a base and your enemy has a base. And your job is to blow their base up. Mm-hmm. And there's usually objectives on the map that help you accomplish that. Ignore the objectives, you'll probably lose the map. So is it like 3D or is it side-scrolling or how does it work? It's, think like StarCraft. Okay. Uh, so it's zoomed top down. out, top-down, RTS style. Yeah, but you can zoom in and tilt the camera a bit. So you've got like these heroes that you control, or yep. so what are the in Heroes of the Storm? Who who are your characters? Everybody from the Blizzard games. So, so like like Thrall from Warcraft Three and uh, Jaina from Warcraft or Rainer from Starcraft or uh, the monk from Diablo Three. Or, you know, any of the Blizzard lines, including the Three Vikings, one of the original <laughs> games. You can play as those as well. That always makes me laugh when you tell me about that. Because I remember playing that game like in Sega a long time ago. Yeah. As... So you can purchase, again, they have the daily quests uh-huh. that give you gold. And then you can purchase heroes with gold or you can purchase them with actual money. And But the where they make their serious money is on the skins. Because a lot of the skins you can only purchase with real money. You can't oh, okay. purchase with gold. So if you like a character, you might be inclined to buy a skin. Every week a skin goes on sale, so you just sort of wait for the whole rotation. So with with buying a character, let's say you want to have all the characters, is there like a pay 50 bucks and unlock everything type thing? There are bundles. Because it's free to play, right? Yeah, yeah. There's bundles where you can unlock a good amount, but I don't think there's anything where you get the whole smattering. And every month they're releasing usually one or two characters. So... It's not bad. It's fun. It's uh, you know, it's a lot like unlike a lot of other MOBAs. It's a lot more friendly because mm-hmm. I played just about every MOBA prior to this and just wrote, wrote the whole thing off. I didn't like them. And then this one just it's it doesn't punish you for having horrible people on your team all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you share levels. So in other in other MOBAs, when you level up, you alone level up, and then you have to buy gear specific to what you want. But in this game, when you level up, everybody else levels up with you on your team. So, on your team you have like normal people, right? Not not the heroes. No, heroes. 
Well, you have little minions, yeah, non-player okay. controlled. So those are the people that level up with you. Like you, if you level up, like no, let's you say... level up with your heroes. Okay. So if me and four other friends level up, we all level up at the same time. We all get abilities at the same time. Okay. The minions don't really do much other than give you a means of which to distract and gain experience. But to level up a hero, you have to play as the hero. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's that's kind of what I was confused by what you said there because you said it was all it all levels up at the same time. So if you you can level the hero outside of the game. That unlocks various abilities and like master skins and stuff like that. Or what, when you're in the match itself, you start at level one and it goes up to level twenty-five, and that determines sort of your your potency and what abilities you're unlocking and what order and that sort of thing. So if you vastly outlevel your opponent in the game, you're probably going to win the game pretty handily because you know a level twenty-three opponent's going to do a lot more damage than a level sixteen opponent. So thinking, I'm most familiar with StarCraft. Thinking from that aspect, wouldn't just the the Protoss, any Protoss character decimate any other character that opposes them? You'd think so, but it's balanced. <laughs> <laughs> Zeratul's in there. Artanis just came out yesterday. Um, Tassadar. Right. But it's all balanced. Okay. So, because, like, you'd think Protoss come in and, you know, Energy a Dark weapons, Zealot or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Else, but no, it's not quite like that. Okay. It's, it's all gamey, right? It's all friendly. And is this Mac and PC? Yes. I know I, I should probably check it out at some point because I'm, I'm a big fan of the StarCraft universe and stuff, so I need to just check it out for that aspect alone because when I first saw it announced, I thought it was pretty neat, but I was hoping it would be on consoles because, you know, I'm a yep. console guy. It would probably play well to consoles since yeah. you're only controlling your character. Because, yeah, you're just controlling your character around, that's and it. Four or five attacking. abilities, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me, the way you describe it um, reminds me a little bit of a game that I used to play, funnily enough, called Star Wars The Clone Wars mm-hmm. on Xbox like original Xbox, and you would be on like Xbox Live with your people, and then you and up to four other guys would be on a map, and your objective is either to destroy... Well, your objective is to destroy the other person's base. Mm-hmm. So you launch in one of these vehicles. Along the way, there's these little outposts, and you can uh, build those outposts. They have turrets that come up, and then they build units. And those units just keep rebuilding. You get two per life. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you get two are made per base, so if one dies, it rebuilds another one, as long as your four turrets are still active. And then they go and you can have them either defend the outpost, um, like free fire, defend your base, or attack the other base. And then you, as your players, are doing whatever you want to do. You're attacking the other players, you're attacking their AI, you're attacking the base, whatever you, mm-hmm. whatever you can do. So it reminds it's me a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah. Except in this game, you always start with two, well, you always start with forts and keeps. The keeps are closest to your base, and then the forts are the stuff that's closest to the enemy. Okay. Sometimes you'll have two or three lanes. A lane is like... The, mm-hmm. the path that the minions travel. Yep. And uh, so sometimes you'll start with two or three lanes, and then there's always, like, a, a special objective, like a curse. And if you collect three curses, then the other team's defenses are lowered for 30 seconds. Or hmm. a golem, if you collect skulls and you get more skulls, <laughs> that determines your power of the golem that attacks the other base. And, you know, it, it always comes down to the, the team that ignores the objectives always loses. So right. you always have to pay attention to the objectives. And if you can get... A, a team of five people that all work together, all the better. But then the game's going to match you with other teams of five people. Can so I tell you, I'm you're never going to steamroll five people who all just publicly, you know, sign. You're never going to get a, a pub of five random people versus an organized team of five group. People. Right. It'll always match five group with four group and one random or a five group. So do you usually play with a group of five or four people? I know enough people that whenever I log on, I can always get at least two or three. Most of the time, five. Okay. You know, I gotta tell you, you're kind of making me want to install this game at least to That's install good. it. It's very accessible. I mean, but 
it will be punishing if you log on by yourself. Right. So am I able to, if I go on and I create a character, or I log in now and I say I want to play as this character, and can I play with you right away, or is yeah. there, like, I got to so, do, I got to level my character up to where you are? You'll do the tutorial, and after the tutorial, you'll get two or 3,000 gold, which is enough to buy one of the, like, introduction characters, which, honestly, like, Jim Rayner is probably one of the most popular devastating characters in the game right now, and he's right there at that beginning level. And you can clean clean wreck faces with uh, Rainer at this point in hmm. the meta. So there's nothing stopping a brand new person from being awesome as soon as they come in. If you have other MOBA experience, you'll probably do great. But it's a good game. It's free. Yeah. It doesn't cost you anything to try. Blizzard Blizzard usually puts out pretty good quality products, so I'll, I'll have to check it out. And then Overwatch comes out on the 27th. The and what is, what is Overwatch? It's their competitive first-person shooter. Same... Same what, idea. For what characters? Uh, not they're all unique characters. They're not they're specific. For it's like its own IP. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's that sounds good. I mean, I, I want to yeah. play this this Heroes of the Storm for sure at least once, and I'll have to hook up at a time that you're playing, so you can just kind of say, "Oh, do this and this," kind of show yeah. me the ropes. Mm-hmm. Are there a lot of different maps? Yeah, seven or eight, I think. Okay, maybe even more. This you'll, sounds enticing. You'll learn to love some and hate others. But. <laughs> That's the way it usually is, though, yeah. right? I mean, because I'll like a map, and then you might be like, oh, really? Or there will probably be, like, a unified everybody likes this map. Is there a... When you go to play a game, is there, like, a, options for three of them, and you vote for one, or...? I think if you go to custom games, you can, but no one really plays custom games. It's just random. If you do quick match, which is just... Everybody who wants to go into quick match can queue up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get whatever random thing it assigns you. So sometimes you'll get a character that is just total rubbish on that map because they're just not going to be able to contribute to the objectives. That's the downside. Mm-hmm. Now, Hero League, you have to be char- you have to be account level thirty and own at least ten characters, and then that's a draft pick. Okay. So two teams join up, and then you take turns picking characters. So you won't get two of the same characters on two different teams. That's kind of cool. It is. And that way you get more of an organized, competitive environment. However, there's still your snobs there, too. So, I mean, bad, it doesn't stop bad players from playing Hero League. They just, that level 30 cap makes sure that you kind of know what's going on by the time you get there. Now, on PC, uh, I know that there's applications outside of games that let you talk to people. Is mm-hmm. How do you talk with people that are, like, randoms in this game? I What I prefer uh, is Discord. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Mm-mm. It's kind of a new client. It integrates with Twitch. Um, but Discord, like, you can just click Instant Invite, and it gives you a URL. And if the person doesn't even want to download the actual Discord app, they can just hit type that URL into the web browser, and it brings up full voice capability. Hmm. So, I mean, if you're just with a bunch of public people, you're probably not going to voice chat anyway, unless somebody wants you to. Mm-hmm. But if you've met up with a few people, I usually just throw them a... I have a little server out there, and I, I, I don't have to even keep that server. It's in the cloud. And it's just there, and people just, I can add them as a member, and they can always go back to that server whenever they want. Nice. So it works pretty well. Does that cost to maintain that? Uh, It's kind of in the beta stage right now, so it's free. Okay. But it's getting getting very popular. It's on the PC community. It's getting pretty big. And you said it's Discord, and that ties into Twitch how? Uh, So, like, if it has to do with that whole subscriber model. So if you actually subscribe to somebody, it'll allow you to join, like, a custom room that they've made, like a chat room. Mm -hmm. And that way you can go to that, you know, if you, uh, in the PC world, it's uh, uh, the, what's his name? Uh, The the Mad Bread or whatever it is. Uh, Cynical Biscuit or whatever it is. Okay. (laughs) He, so, like, if you subscribe to his thing and if he has a server, you can go there and join, like, the private chat sort of thing right like mm-hmm. it's all about that sort of that tie-in that twitch subscriber tie-in which i don't really do but it's there okay 
Interesting. I gotta say, I've learned a lot of PC stuff today. There you go. <laughs> Jared's always good for bringing the PC knowledge down. PC Master Ace. <laughs> so, anything else you've been entertained by recently? Um, my baby. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Now, you, you did get a chance to take a break from the baby and see The Martian. Uh, I did. That about was a month good. Ago, right? Yeah, it was excellent. And you've read both of The Martian book yes. and the movie. Yep. So, what do you think... What are some key differences? Which do you prefer, actually, of the two? Oh, you always prefer the book, right? Yeah. Okay. The book always is great. But they did a, they stayed really true to the book. And I think what they did is they took out the really complex science and sort of watered it down for your basic audience mm -hmm. so that, like, my parents could watch it. Because my parents right. don't know that if you, you know, break down this type of rocket fuel, you could create water. And they just sort of glance over the fact, right? Mm-hmm. And it just sort of works. Now, you take for granted that what they introduce just sort of works. Because in the book, he's trying different things, and some things fail, and some things succeed. And the things that fail in the movie sort of become like a comedic relief at times. But things that fail in the book are like, oh, well, I'm going to die now if I don't figure this out. Sort mm -hmm. of, you know, it still keeps a very tongue-in-cheek. Like, uh, Watney is very, like, Damon did a very good job with Mark Watney, a very similar personality. Um, but they definitely kept the essence of the book without getting too heavy into the science because it's very heavy on explaining why this works and the science behind it in mm -hmm. the book. Cool. So I enjoyed that movie a lot, and I'm pretty sure that, uh, it's outperforming all the estimates at this point of what people so, did. Yeah. And do you think it's a credit to just the good storytelling of it, or do you think it's a credit to Damon, or what do you think? Hmm. I think, it. you know, it. it's... Naturally has a lot of humor to it, which people like, I think. It keeps things pretty light, you know. If if it was a character that didn't take things lightly, it would be a totally different experience, right? Like, mm -hmm. at some part, he has, you know, in the book, it's all in, like, a log form. You know, on day so-and-so, I did this. And at one of the logs is, you know, how do you think Aquaman can control whales? <laughs> whales are mammals, not not, you know... <laughs> water so it's like there's really funny little quips that just sort of break up the seriousness of what's going on and they sort of conveyed that into the movie um it's yeah i just you know it's well written mm -hmm. but we also know that the author wrote a book before this that the publishers didn't really like and didn't publish mm -hmm. and i bet he's gonna get it published now though no they still don't want to publish it really yeah and there's a couple interviews out there uh adam is adam savage from mythbusters mm -hmm. has an awesome interview with him it's like an hour long it's like on tested.com or something like that cool check that out if you're interested but the he's pretty down the earth the actual author andy and, weir yeah and he wrote this as a, like a not like a fanfic but he posted all the chapters online before it ever got wrapped up into a book and published so i mean it was a thing that he did for free that made him like a multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. um who knows if we'll get more out of him? I mean, he meticulously studied everything he did in that book, so... It, well, I don't think you can make a Martian 2. No, I mean, it might be hard to recreate what he's doing, but... Right. You never know. Like, At this point, he could probably just bank what he's got and live off the investments. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, who cares about making another book at that point? But, right. I mean, at that point, you kind of run the risk of being like, you know, kind of... Uh, George R. R. Martin now expectations kinda, are so high. Yeah, yeah. you just delay delay it for delay, as long as possible. Keep writing, and, and then you you sidetrack yourself because then you're not coming from the same perspective writing mm -hmm. it as you were before. And you might think a little bit more highly of yourself now exactly. that everybody's been showering you with praise. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to say at this point. I'm not like, oh man, I can't wait for his next book. I was just like, that was a good read. It was an entertaining movie. It was kind of shocking how quick it went from book, book to, to movie. movie. Mm -hmm. But 
it worked. And it was a competent movie. Like yeah. the movie, everything, the the graphics. You it know, didn't cut any corners. Yeah. yeah, it was excellent. Definitely one I will be buying on Blu-ray, which, you know, I'm not a huge Blu-ray guy, so when I buy something, it's good. Mm-hmm. So it makes it to my list. You know what else you might want to buy on Blu-ray? <sighs> What's that? Star Wars The Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah, when it comes out in like two years. <laughs> so as... As our listeners know, we are we are journeying at this point to Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and last week on the episode we talked about the trailer that came out for The Force Awakens, the new one. Have you seen that yet? Yes, like eight thousand times. <laughs> so, any any thoughts? The music. Oh, oh man, amazing! I love right? the music. That was amazing. And I like I I assume that that music was scored specifically for that trailer. Yeah. Um, or at least cut to fit the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. But man, it's just so good. Like it's the vocals similar and but different, and yeah, it was just uh, all the visuals look amazing. I mean, think we're gonna get a, a seriously modern high def experience, like with all the new. I mean, all the stuff has been created from scratch, right? Mm-hmm. Like the new X wings, the new Tie fighters, and the Star Destroyers, and just watching it in you know lowly 1080p on my monitor at home, it looks amazing uh-huh. compared to even like the original trilogy, you know, or the 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 new tril uh, the new trilogy. Right. Yeah. The new trilogy as opposed to the... The old remastered trilogy. Right, the remastered The original trilogy. remastered trilogy. Episodes four through six. Yes. Yeah. Which are okay. I mean, they, I still love the originals, but, like, when they remastered them, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. But, I mean, this is going to be this going to be pretty nice. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, I mean, the tickets are already selling out. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, here in Peoria, I think I mentioned this on the last episode, is that within a day, before a day was even up, the IMAX here in Peoria sold out the first showing, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the second showing is going to sell out soon. Oh, yeah. And all these other theaters are going to be opening t- tickets that haven't opened them up yet here locally and selling out their first showings because people want to be able to see it at 7 yeah. o'clock. It's right? going to break every record that's out there, I think. IMAX has already sold 6.5 million. million. I saw that. In, yeah. And that's, we're that's recording this. Yeah, we're recording this on o- October 21st, Back to the Future Day. Yeah. And uh, that's just. After two days of sales, yeah. and IMAX only. I hope it's good, and I hope Disney continues to throw money at the Star Wars franchises, <laughs> and they all reach that same level of good. You know, this is, can only be good things, right? So, I think so. Now, you played the Star Wars Battlefront beta. That's something else that yeah. you played yep. recently, yep. and you kind of came off a little lukewarm on the experience. Yeah, I expected that though. Right? Yeah. Now, do you think that you're going to be buying it if it's on sale? Do you think that you'll be able to be December 19th sitting at home wanting to play a game and resist the urge to buy Star Wars Battlefront even if it's not on sale? It depends on if I finish Fallout 4 or not at that point. <laughs> Fallout's at the high part of the list there. Um, Battlefront, you know, they announced today Leia, Han, and Emperor Palpatine will be playable characters. Palpatine. And, I mean, that's kind of fun. And they are they did say they're going to fix Hoth, which Hoth was my big beef with the beta. It was just one-sided and not much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, we'll see what the actual reviews are after a while. It's not one of those games I feel like I need to get in right away or I'm going to be eclipsed. Mm-hmm. I might jump in later on in the year. You know, I just, I don't know. Heroes is fun. Heroes is free. Heroes isn't 60 bucks. Right. So. And Baby obviously takes a lot yeah, of your the time. Baby take, I mean, the cool part about FPS is you can literally just drop and who cares, right? Mm-hmm. You can't drop in the middle of a, of a Heroes game because 
Well, hey, hey, if you drop in the middle of a Heroes game and then you try to rejoin, it just rejoins you back to the game you dropped. That's kind of, well, that's an, that's good. That's why you can't rage quit. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome, actually. It's neat, but if you have a baby, you just leave and understand that the bot that takes over is going to be pretty incompetent. <laughs> anyway, that's a sidetrack, but <laughs> Battlefront, you know, it'll probably be good. I will say the graphics were gorgeous, the sound was gorgeous, the game is polished, even in the beta stage. Mm -hmm. It's great. I it was it just got really boring after a while. I can only handle so many people, you know, rocket jumping on top of me and throwing grenades. Oh my gosh, the grenades. <laughs> there were a lot of grenades. Get any Some enclosed space is nothing but grenades. Yeah. They need to limit that somehow. Well or the cycler rifle or whatever it was, that was ridiculous. I'm sure there's gonna be more balancing that'll come along the way. Yeah, but there will be. It'll be popular enough that needs it. So. Yeah. The most people ever in a beta played that beta, from what I heard. Yeah, like well, it was cool that they just were like, hey, guess what? It's open, everybody. Come play. And I never had any server issues on the PC side. Like, I never encountered any queue times. I, I just instantly got in a game, and it worked. And I didn't have to mess with my graphic settings or anything. It just instantly worked, and it looked gorgeous. I'm hoping that, you know, DICE or EA or whoever manages these servers for Battlefront understand the immense load that they're going to be getting yeah. when that game comes out. I heard very little about the beta in terms of performance, so I'm guessing that they've... It seemed fine for me. Like, from a user perspective, I never had any issues on the yeah. Xbox. I've, I've had plenty of games, including Battlefield 4, that on launch day was just horrible and unplayable. But this is this is good. I expect good things. I anticipate that I will own the game eventually. I just probably won't buy it right away. Yeah. Which is fair, because, I mean, if you want to get the whole experience right now, you have to pay, like, 120 bucks yeah. to get the whole so, thing. If it, if it hits, like, 45 during, like, Black Friday or something, I'll jump on that. Yeah. Well, let's continue our Star Wars discussion. Yeah. Let's get into the Clone Wars. Join me as we go into a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars The Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. Now, it came out originally like in 2008. It was a movie that was to set off and kick off the series, mm -hmm. right? The movie was, you know, didn't perform... For forgettable to say the right. least. Yeah. It didn't perform to Star Wars levels. I don't think they had any delusions that it would. They were still figuring things out. Yeah. Uh, and the animation style, completely different than anything yep. else. But they, like you said, they were still figuring things out. Basically, what the the movie was was it was three shows, three episodes put together, um, and it was all about you know the, the hut baby that was stolen, and then Anakin going to get it. I think they call it Stinky or whatever. The introduction of Ahsoka Tano, mm -hmm. um, and people really were were confused by Anakin has an apprentice, and what happens to her? This and that. She's never been in. She was in Episode Three. Well, come on now. So you know. Through the whole course of the series, people were always going to say, "Well, either they hated Ahsoka, they didn't, they didn't like her." Shame at the beginning. on them if they do. Shame on them if they do. Because if you, I can understand not liking the character at, at the beginning just for, just for that movie. If that's all you've seen in the Clone Wars, you may not like yeah. Ahsoka. But as that show progressed, and as you got more, as the character of Ahsoka matured during the episodes, yeah. she became amazing. She like, was the reason the show was so good. Yeah, because you're really watching it. Through Ahsoka's eyes, mm -hmm. Ahsoka is is the catalyst at which we can actually join in and understand what's happening because she has to be told everything what's going on exactly. Yep. She's the pattern; she's learning. So, any episode that has Ahsoka is always actually really engaging, really entertaining because as you see that character's arc 
from the movie to the last episode that she's in, it's it's immense. Yeah. Like and you you get worried actually for her at some point because there's battles that happen in the course of this, and you're like, oh yeah, we don't see her later. She mm-hmm. could die now. Yep. So she's she's actually the element of. What's going to happen next? Because you know nothing's going to happen to Anakin. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen to Obi Wan, Yoda, any of those other yep. Jedi that you've seen Untouchable. before. Untouchable. Yeah. But you never knew what was going to happen with Ahsoka. Because she's got to go somewhere before the series ends. Because you never hear about her in the movies. Right. So she's never mentioned in any movie at all, right? And it's just one of those things. Like this, this show should be Star Wars: The Chronicles of Ahsoka, right? <laughs> it's it it's, fits. It fits. It's one of those things that. You look at characters in the Star Wars saga now, and Ahsoka is going to be, for a lot of people, right up there with like the main characters. Mm-hmm. Because there was a generation, really, that came in 2000. Like they were, Let's say if you were born in 2000, or mm-hmm. shortly thereafter, there before, this is your Star Wars. Yeah. These are your it's characters you know. that you grew up with. Yeah. And people often forget that with Star Wars, it's generational. In 77, you may love the original trilogy because you grew up with the original trilogy. You were seven or eight or nine when mm-hmm. it came out. And then you may hate the prequel trilogy because this isn't your Star Wars and yeah. you're very resistant to it. But then again, you got people like my generation, which that was our Star Wars. Yeah. And then we got these new people, these new... The Force Awakens is going to be someone's first Star Wars as well. It's be like my son's first Star Wars, for example. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's his generation's thing now. Mm-hmm. So you, and then you have you know Rebels and things like that that are generational gaps, but... Clone Wars, for the longest time, was the only thing that was Star Wars that was coming and out. And it spanned, what, six years? So 2008 to, yeah, about six years, I think. Mm-hmm. So then... It's like the Harry Potter thing. You grow up with it, right? Right. Over a period of time. Exactly. And it, then you're like, well, what else happens after this? What happens next? There were legitimately people, kids, that didn't know what happens to Ahsoka, what happens mm-hmm. or what happens to Anakin, what happens to, you know, who's, who's this Palpatine figure and why is... Who's the Sidious character? They mm-hmm. didn't know like they were the same person. So when you get to watch episode three, then, episode three is enhanced immensely by checking out the Clone Wars. But it also suffers, too. In a way. So they build up a whole lot of backstory that goes absolutely nowhere with episode three. Not to mention you get so much character development on Anakin's part during the Clone Wars mm-hmm. that Hayden Christensen just, like, flubs in episode three. Compared to what you get from compared to what you get Clone from Clone Wars, right? Because in the movies, you only get like the two movies with that Hayden Christensen's character. Obviously, he's the whiny kid in Episode Two, and then he's. If you just take it for face value for what you see in Episode Three, he just like turns on a dime, and you don't really yeah. know what's happening. Which it builds that up during the Clone Wars, right? During the Clone Wars, you have this arc. You have these really flashes of anger and resentment and everything towards the Jedi and everything else, and his, the manipulation of Palpatine through this whole thing on Anakin's character too. And then you get all this stuff that just kind of builds up with the clones, because the clones are heroes. Yeah. The clones are good guys. Yeah. And then the Order 66 happens in Episode 3, and people who grew up with these clones loving them and knowing them, when they first see Episode uh, 3 with the Order 66, it's crushing. Mm-hmm. And you see Anakin turn, Anakin the hero turn. Yeah. I mean, it adds a lot more weight to it, mm-hmm. and a lot more emotion, if you are able to actually view the entirety of the Clone Wars. Because it does a great job in building that up, that backstory. There's a lot of episodes, obviously, in the Clone Wars that don't have any bearing on anything else. But they're all canon, and that's why we're discussing it. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the canon of Star Wars currently, you have episode one, two, 
Clone Wars, three Rebels, four, five, six. That's the the canon that we'll be discussing through the course of our uh, journey here, obviously. And then you also have books that are coming out now that have yep. that are part of Clone Wars, part of and, yeah, yeah, that are part of continuity and everything. Dark Disciple actually yep. was taken place because of a um, scripting for Clone Wars that was never made into a movie mm-hmm. or into a show. So a lot of interesting stuff coming from it, and it's not all canon now. So everything you look at and that happens in the Clone Wars is part of the Could universe. Could play into something somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So, like, just looking at a couple of the... Uh, I'm looking at StarWars.com. They have the, the top ten list of episodes. And I figured we could just maybe touch on those because we've seen them all. I'm sure we've enjoyed them in one way or another. So, number ten, The Zilla Beast in the second season. Do you remember the Zilla Beast, the big Godzilla-like episodes? I think so, yeah. Those those were actually pretty interesting because it was kind of like a, a kaiju movement. Because mm-hmm. I think that was about the time, just before Godzilla was reintroduced in the theaters, Pacific Rim was kind of a thing at that time. So it kind of was synergizing off of all that stuff with the Zillow Beast. And it was just this big thing that was... Good there's picture a picture of it. of it. Oh, okay, I remember that. Yep. So it was just this big beast that kind of was risen from this one planet and they took it away went to Coruscant mm-hmm. you know Palpatine wanted to capture it and figure out why it was resistant to lightsabers and things like that and yep. make armor out of it I had hold of, yeah I had the whole arc to that yeah yep. so that was actually a good pair of episodes and they were there was never any other mention I don't think to the Zilla Beast ever in the Clone Wars even but it was it was great to know that that kind of thing is canon and exists right mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of fun Moving on to their ninth episode is Wookiee Hunt, an episode or in season three. So that one was, I think, the introduction of uh, Chewbacca in mm-hmm. the Clone Wars, because there were Trandoshan slavers that had Ahsoka, that had uh, you know these other young Jedi that got caught, as well as a Wookiee shows up. Mm-hmm. So that was a good one to see to see Chewbacca just kind of introduced into the series. That you know this is an original trilogy character. I think he was the aside from Yoda. I think he, or an Obi-Wan, is the first original trilogy character that wasn't in the prequels. Except for episode three, obviously. First originally uh, was, what about R2 and well, taking C-3PO? A, I take them for granted a lot okay. because they're in everything. Yeah, they're in everything, yeah. So, but like, you know, he was introduced in canon at that point. Yeah. So. it Sometimes I find that a little heavy-handed. Like Could you're be. you're just like oh look there's a huge galaxy but here's Chewbacca right it's a huge galaxy but here's C three PO and R two but you know at the same time it's space opera it's not science fiction it's space opera mm-hmm. so it's uh it's not bad yeah so moving on to number eight on their list is Monster from season three now that was in like the the introduction of Savage Press mm-hmm. and that's where. The Night Sisters are really kind of introduced and come into play, and you kind of get more background on what you get the illusion in this episode that Maul is still alive, mm-hmm. right? So they're going to reintroduce Maul back into the canon. So can, canonically, at this point, Maul is still alive, right? That was crazy that, was that an they odd did choice. that. Yeah. yeah, and it was actually from Lucas that he wanted to bring back Maul. <laughs> he killed him off in episode one, but it's like, eh, let's bring him back. Yeah. Without his lower torso. Yeah. <laughs> and when you first see Maul, it's, it's crazy because like he's like the spider body and everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it was weird to say the least, but it worked. It yeah. worked. And it was like all the dark side stuff that was holding him together that brought that to him and his madness that made that. Mm-hmm. So, But Monster is kind of what set, set this all up because I think 
was it Savage was ousted by Dooku at that point. Mm-hmm. She goes to the Night Sisters and they they create Savage to be like her hand mm-hmm. to take down Dooku eventually. And then it comes that Maul is still alive. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Uh, bit of plot there. Now we get to number seven on their list is Ghosts of Mortis. And that's part of the Mortis trilogy. So in the Mortis trilogy, you got this weird look into the Force. You had the the mother. I'm sorry. You had the daughter, the son, and the father. The father was kind of like the all-powerful being. Mm-hmm. The son was dark side. The daughter was light side. And there was a really cool episode, and I'm not sure which one it is, is that when Anakin had to tame both the the son and the daughter, mm-hmm. it was just like the the music. And I, curious, I haven't seen this episode in a while, and I still remember it. The music was big and booming, and just just seeing yeah. him do it was awesome. I remember watching them and thinking, wow, this is sort of an odd deviation from what they're doing. But it ultimately plants a lot of foreshadowing as to what's going to happen and the reasons why they happen. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I think it was good at the end of the day. Obi Wan mm-hmm. sort of played a side role to everything, but Obi Wan because uh, he got because he was there. Yeah, he was there, and uh, so was Ahsoka. Yep. And so Ahsoka saw her future self, you know, kind of warning her about the stuff that was to happen. And then Obi Wan got to talk to Qui Gon. Mm-hmm. So Qui Gon was kind of reintroduced back into the series at that point that he's a Force ghost. He figured out the yeah, the Force ghost sort of thing. Right, because he was always about the living Force, yep. and you know he was always conscious of that, and that's why we get later on we'll be able to. You know, in the the Lost missions, when Yoda is contacted kind of by, by Obi-Wan, or by Qui-Gon, yeah. and you know, starts the training there and that taught, he alludes yeah. to in Episode 3. So it all kind of starts out here with the Ghosts of Mortis, and this whole... You see the vision that Anakin has, that the, the sun shows him, with everything that happens, with mm-hmm. Order 66 and being Vader and everything, Alderaan even blowing up, mm-hmm. the Death Star... It's all kind of just flashes right there. And it was really cool that they were able to go to that level, to that extent, to show that. Obviously, his, he forgets the whole thing because it doesn't... Uh, yeah. If I, if I had to say that there was episodes that stuck with me, it was definitely The Ghosts of Morris, this whole trilogy within mm-hmm. the show. Like that, they were weird but good. Right. Because, yeah, it, it answers questions and it leaves more other, other questions unanswered with mm-hmm. the whole force and how it works and things. So I thought it was pretty pretty good seasons there or episodes there next on their list number six is rookies season one uh season one's a write-off man i don't know because the rookies episode sets up this i think it's uh delta squad or echo squad echo and fives are introduced in here yeah all and they guys. they continue to come they back coming later back, and yeah. later in the show and they're okay but i don't know seasons one and two are right off in my opinion the entire series <sighs> I wouldn't write them off. There is some good stuff in there. One or two out of like yeah. each season. But I mean, like as you go on, you starting with like season two and a half there. and yeah. past. That's when like the the animation changes and everything just yeah. gets better. Mm-hmm. So production quality goes way up. Right. But from the first ones, the rookies are are a good episode to watch. And there's episodes that come back later that tell their story, continue mm-hmm. on, and you see like the the end of a few of them too. So they're introduced and they're ended in the Clone Wars altogether. Now we get into their number five, the box in season four. That's when Obi Wan was a like an undercover bounty hunter trying to get, you know, to, to work for for Dooku or something, and it kind of gives us the glimpse. Oh, it, this is one of the things that was gonna prove why Jango Fett would have been like a good choice for the clones because mm-hmm. this kind of this box scenario was that whole uh, 
original plan to whoever did this would be the best choice for the clones type mm-hmm. thing. But that was all kind of alluded to that that happened way in the past type scenario. But this was cool because it, the box is this thing where he worked to, without using the Force, because if you use the Force, people would kind of give it away. Give it yeah. away. He worked out how to solve all these puzzles and uh, do so without drawing too much attention to him, but being the number one. Mm-hmm. It was actually a really cool and good development by by the character of Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. So showing the resistance that he had to use the Force as opposed to just using it and being like, all right, I'm Obi-Wan, whatever. Mm-hmm. First first chance, I, th- I think this is the first one we see that he goes undercover. Mm-hmm. Rico Hardeen or something like that yep. was his name. Yep. So Good memory. Yeah, that, that was a good set of episodes. The next one we get into, some of my favorite episodes in the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. number four, is Darkness on Umbara. So that was that whole Umbara arc that yep. had General Krell, yep. the, the four-armed mm-hmm. uh, Jedi general who was a lot like, uh, he was Dex's species from episode two. And he had, I think he had two double lightsabers. I think he did. Yeah. yeah. Or something similar like that. I mean, he was pretty, pretty intimidating, pretty menacing. And through this whole thing, we find out that these clones are actually fighting themselves, fighting mm-hmm. other clones, that this this general is making them fight each other. And eventually they figure it out through the whole process of everything, and then they had to put, put they them down. Put them down. Yep. I mean, and they really wrestle with the decision to make the, the call to do that. I mean, they could be court-martialed or whatever, but he's turned to the dark side. He wants to, He's doing this to try to impress Dooku. Yeah. So, and the fact that when they find out that they're killing their own brothers, right, that's pretty, it pretty was dark. intense. This is where the, it, season four is where it starts taking a dark turn. I mean, it's, it's good dark, but it starts getting a little, some of the themes are get starting a little dark for kids. Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is more geared probably for the, the teen or yep. above audience, whereas some of the stuff, like anything with Jar Jar, is not yeah. for, for teens <laughs> or above. So, but yeah, the Darkness on Umbara arc, that was... That was a good one. Stellar. That was mm-hmm. good stuff. Then you get to some of the Lost Mission episodes with their third choice, Sacrifice. And this is the one where Yoda goes and confronts Darth Bane. Like, he goes on the Korriban, mm-hmm. and Darth Bane, vo- voiced by Mark Hamill, makes an appearance. That was great. And there's just a lot of this stuff that takes place or during this Yoda arc, because uh, Yoda gets contacted by Qui-Gon, kind of goes through this whole journey to discover the living force, kind of understand it a little bit better. Um, there's, like, these these creatures that are, like, wearing masks, like the happy, sad, mm-hmm. like, joy and all those other masks. And it was actually pretty interesting to see how this all went out. And this is like some of the deepest force lore you can get into. Mm-hmm. So, with these Yoda arcs, which one? What stands out to you from from that? Any anything in particular, like an episode or an event that happens from the those Yoda ones? Is that when um, they encountered the dude that was originally behind the clones? Uh... Sifo-Dyas. Um, Sifo-Dyas. Is that the Sifo-Dyas arc, or is that? Something I think like that, that is part of it. That's like the beginning of it. Yeah. Because then they find then, then it goes on into Korriban. Wasn't he being tortured by Bane or something like that? He was being kept alive by some pirates. Okay. Anakin yeah. and Obi Wan go to get. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, I kind of. Rem- it doesn't leave any lasting impact on me. Because it goes, it kind of flows right into these episodes yeah. too. Because they get the questions on it, and then mm-hmm. Yoda kind of goes on this journey. But yeah, it's. Those episodes with the Sifo-Dyas was really cool because they found his lightsaber. And you are always wondering, who the heck is Sifo-Dyas? exactly. He's just a name, and yeah. it means nothing throughout the entire... So it's nice even at the end that they start bringing him into the fold. Right. You kind of get to 
get a glimpse into what he did, and you get the background on Dooku, you know, mm-hmm. and that he told the Emperor that he was dead, right? But mm-hmm. he's obviously not. Yeah. So that was interesting. And then you get to the la- or the the second to last number two, to catch a Jedi. So this was the Ahsoka arc, mm-hmm. right? This was the arc of episodes that ended the broadcast run of the Clone Wars. Yep. These are really well done, great storytelling, amazing development for the character of Ahsoka, because it starts out with you know them uncovering a Jedi bomb plot mm-hmm. uh, and kind of going through there, and then how she's set up and everything is just the Jedi don't the Jedi Council. Because throws her of, under the bus. Yeah, throws her under the bus. Yep. She, she's betrayed, for, yep. the, for lack of a better term, right? And and she loses faith in the Jedi Order. Even on Anakin. Yeah. I mean, because Anakin, he like you feel like the chance like he's wanting to believe her, but at the same time, the whole council's telling him one thing, and he's he's not trusting her. She well, loses that, everybody's trust. And at that point, I think it's starting to hint that the Jedi Order is not this infallible paragon of light. Mm-hmm. They're... I mean, heck, they got themselves involved as generals of a war, which mm-hmm. goes against their core beliefs to begin with, right? right? And you start to see sort of even the, the corruption inherent in what's in the Jedi Order. And they're not they're not prone to making they're prone to making bad decisions based mm-hmm. on impulses, just like anybody else. I mean, they're they're arrogant. I mean, yeah. Palpatine calls them out on this in Episode Three. Your arrogance has blinded you, it, and it did. It, it exactly totally it did. did. Yeah. I mean, you look at the whole council. I mean, Yoda was pained to do it, but. He felt like that was the right thing to do in the Jedi Tenant, which is obviously proved to be false. And then she's, it's Bera Sophie, mm-hmm. who was actually the, the the bad person of this whole thing. And once they figure that out, they're like, oh, yeah, you're okay. You can come back to the Order. And then she makes the choice to like, no. Yeah. And you had your chance. Rightly so, right? Yeah. I mean, they had their chance to, to welcome. She was trying to plead her case. No one would listen to her. And everyone... And the the emperor, uh, I keep saying the emperor. He's not the emperor yet. Yeah. Uh, Palpatine, you know, he's the head of this uh, this court council or something. Yeah, yeah. This, this court to to see like, and he pronounces pretty much doom on her at mm-hmm. that point. Like you're gonna be you you're gonna be caught for the rest of your life in jail or you're gonna be destroyed. One or the other. There's no in between. And so she she's the only one that knows that she's innocent that needs to prove her innocence. Mm-hmm. And it was just a great series of episodes. My favorite. Yeah. By far. And it ends on such a, a note of of sorrow, melancholy. but also... Melancholy. Yes, that's yeah. perfect. Because you're happy that she's leaving the Order. Yeah. Because now her story is not... It can go anywhere else. Yeah. Because yeah. she's not going to be part of Order 66 at that point. She's, she's going to be on her own. She's not going to be with any clones. I mean, she'll still probably be hunted down because she's Force-sensitive and was associated with them, but... She probably doesn't even practice being a Jedi much anymore at that point. Did she work with Ventress during these episodes too? Wasn't Ventress? Ventress was the one that she turned to. Yeah, yeah. And to I help just, her out. I love the the play of the two people who are like the the polar opposites coming together and mm-hmm. sort of working together. And I I wish they'd play on that more. Hopefully they will in Rebels. But yeah, I mean we don't know. I'm not gonna answer that question because I haven't answered that question. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. With with the Ahsoka and Ventress working together, those are two of the greatest characters from the Clone Wars. They are honestly. easily yep. because Ventress starts out with this assassin. She's really she's evil. She's right. in it for all the wrong reasons. Right, and she gets betrayed. She gets betrayed, and you you get some when she becomes a Night Sister in those episodes. 
you get the background on her too that she was a padawan mm-hmm. her master was killed and then she wants vengeance on these people and this whole scenario happens out from from that you get a lot of background on the uh, on the asajj ventress character and her arc that she goes through she gets betrayed and then she tries to kill dooku fails i think she tries twice twice and yeah, fails again and then she just kind of goes off and becomes a bounty hunter. Yep. Oh, and those were great. She she teams with with Boba Fett. You know yeah. when they're kind of getting their little game together. Young Boba Fett. Yeah. So it was really fun to to watch that to be able to see, you know, the progression of the Asajj and the Ahsoka characters, and when they come together for these final episodes and they're sort of the same at that point. Right, and you can understand like the maturity of Ahsoka because in the past she would have just been like, oh, hairless harpy, you I'm never gonna. Yeah. And then they understand, like, stuff has happened to me, stuff has happened to you, I understand what's happening. It's all shades of gray at this point. Yeah. Exactly. So it's so, so good. Um, and the way that it ends the, the season, the series, the episode arc, was her walking down the steps of the Jedi Temple away. I mean, the music playing at that point. That was, the, like, the only episode that didn't play the normal Star Wars fanfare, but mm-hmm. it was, like, just this, the whole credits were just melancholy. Right, and it you was were just, just like, like, this beautiful yeah. way that the music was played out, her walking away from the Jedi yeah, Order. It was, from, it was insane. I loved it. Yeah. It was great. It was really good. And thank, that, like... Thank you, Dave Filoni, for uh, some excellent writing and Exactly. And the... The in season five, the arc before that, that is the lawless uh, mm-hmm. arc that culminates the episode, is when Maul is building up this empire for himself with all these black sun syndicate people, all these gangsters and things like that, and he is just going through and he attracts the attention of obviously Obi Wan because he comes to try to save um, Duchess Satine, mm-hmm. and then in the penultimate episode he fights pre Vizsla you know who was the the Mandalorian the kind death of death, death watch leader death watch, that's it. and he you know claims his mantle the Mandalorians are following him except for this one faction that opposes mm-hmm. and then you get this big battle between these two Mandalorians right this is like amazing like this mm-hmm. is what you always wanted to see when you saw Boba Fett his armor you know his his rocket pack and stuff that he had, they were all being used. They yeah. were flying around the city. It wasn't just a set piece. Yeah, exactly. It was It was full, like, this is how you do it. And you see Obi-Wan in uh, Mandalorian armor. Yeah. I mean, I want that action figure. I don't know if they ever made one, but I want that action figure. It was pretty cool. And so when this culminates, though, this whole, this series culminates because it attracts the attention of the Emperor. Of, not, not the Emperor yet. It attracts the attention of Palpatine, Darth Sidious. He feels the presence on Coruscant, calls for a ship. He comes out there. Just his entrance into this whole scenario, he comes off of his ship, chokes out the two guards, just walks through this, you know, goes to his thing. Uh, you see it cut into Savage and Maul in his throne room. And Maul's just like, I feel something. And then Master. And then he, like, knew immediately. Then mm-hmm. these two guards, like, fly up from the thing. Then you see... It was... <laughs> yeah, it was really It was neat. awesome. Yeah. Like, without even lifting a finger, pretty much, he just gets right there and right to Maul. And, you know, Maul tries to lie and say, you know, I'm doing all this for you to attract your attention because Dooku is, you know, I'm your apprentice. Like, no, you have been replaced. And, you know, this whole thing happens. <laughs> this big battle between Sidious, Maul, and Oppress, right? Mm-hmm. So you just, that lightsaber fight is amazing because was good. Yeah. Sidious has his two lightsabers. And he's just, like, fighting like a drunken master almost in some, like, the way he's, like, moving around, just, like, lazily dodging but just being mm-hmm. so precise at the same time and then he takes out savage obviously 
and then pushes him off. Maul goes to like you know talk to his brother and is like, oh, I was never like you, whatever. I was never good enough. And then you get Maul fighting with that the dark saber that he claimed from uh, Pre Vizsla and like his him. lightsaber against Sidious. He still gets wrecked, obviously. Yeah. And at the end, like Sidious is just force lightning him. You know, he's like, oh, don't worry, I'm not going to kill you, right? Yeah. I have other plans for you. So this that whole scenario comes out. And we never really find out. There's a comic book later on that continues the story of Maul. But I don't think his... his He hasn't been... Um, uh, yeah, they just sort of leave that one open. Yeah, so as far as we know at this point, I believe Maul is still out there. So in episode one, Maul was killed. Mm-hmm. And in the Clone Wars, he was brought back. And so now, technically, before episode three, he's still out there and could be... He could show up in Rebels. He could show up in Rebels, yeah. I mean, I could see him being like one of those Inquisitor-type characters, but at that point, he'd be pretty old. Yeah, but we also know... Well, are we doing spoilers for Rebels? We probably... No, not yet. Yeah. So... I have a lot of thoughts on Rebels. You'll have to come back when we talk Rebels. And and I will say that I like the Clone Wars. And earlier we said the movie was they were learning how to get things right. I feel like... The Clone Wars was four seasons of trying to get things right. Three and a half. Three and a half. I would say, really, ultimately, two, two and a half seasons of getting it right. And then Rebels, which was spot, which is spot on. Mm-hmm. There's not an episode of Rebels I don't like. Rebels is really good. Like The first season was only like 13 episodes or something like that. And the second season started out pretty strong, too. But we'll discuss that after yeah. we talk about uh, episode three, because we're doing it in chronological order. Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. So, yeah, we won't do any spoilers on that, but obviously, with the Clone Wars, if you haven't seen the Clone Wars, it's it's really easy to watch now. It's all, The entire run is on Netflix, even the movie. Yep. So, Although you can skip the movie, really. Yeah, honestly. I mean, if, if you want Star Wars, it's more Star Wars to watch, and it's, it's more lore, and it's canon. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. for completionists, you'll want to watch it. But for good storytelling, like, look at these arcs that we talked about. The, the Maul arc, uh, the Ahsoka arc in the very end. Uh, they're all at the end. They're, they're all good. And honestly, you can start at the beginning of Season 3 and not miss too much. And somewhere out there is the is the order of which you should actually watch the episodes. They're right. not actually chronological. Exactly. So I think that's on Wikipedia somewhere. I'd Google that and find yeah. out the order of which to watch. There's an official list because it is aired out of storyline order. Mm-hmm. It's like... It's just weird because you'll see a person alive in one episode when they clearly died, like a, a, the season before even. Yeah. So yeah, there there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens in this in this uh, Clone Wars, and I I a lot of people wrote it off because of the movie, and, and it was very kiddie to start. Yeah, with. the first two two and a half seasons were very kid focused. Right, and admittedly there are episodes that aren't good. Yeah. There are episodes that are about nothing uh, that George Lucas just made about people wandering in a desert that nothing happens. Usually with the droids. Yeah. With the (laughs) droids or with Jar Jar, right? Yeah. Any of those episodes are usually just write-offs. Right. I mean, there was a huge fan service, I think it was in season three or maybe it was season four, when they they introduced the Republic Commandos. Mm Mm-hmm. They, you know, oh, came up on Camino. they brought it. a body, yeah. and it was, oh, it's like so good. There was so much in this series that if you are a Star Wars fan and have not yet watched it, you're really only hurting yourself because it's it's good Star Wars, and it's it's part of canon. It could be referenced in Episode Seven. There could be something that's referenced. We don't know, right? Yep, we don't know. So. Probably not. You never know. I don't know. Something tells me Abrams didn't. We, we might have something about, you know, the... the 
Ahsoka Tano or something in in the episode seven and maybe in a holocron that someone's reading, right? Yeah, maybe. Han, yeah. we we saw the trailer where Han said it's all true, all of it. He's talking about Ahsoka. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> oh, I could do like eight episodes just in what I think the new movie is going to do. So I won't. <laughs> we we should started. do a we should do a conjecture cast before a it comes cast. out. Yeah, that'd be fun. So, but that'll pretty much. Do you have anything else that you want to add on the Clone Wars? Give it a while. Um, let yourself get invested by the story. I have a couple friends who just say, oh, I can't watch it. It's for kids. It's a cartoon. Yeah, it's a cartoon, but let yourself get invested in Ahsoka Tana. Let yourself get invested in the story. You might not like Anakin. He's pretty easy to hate in the movies, the prequel trilogy. But he's a lot better in the Clone Wars. But he's a lot better in the Clone Wars, and you actually get to start to feel for him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it took, you know, I on I think on your recommendation, I actually skipped seasons one and two to start. I started with season three because I had a hard cold, time getting yeah, into it. Yeah, but once I came in and I liked it, I went back and rewatched season one and two. Ultimately, most of those episodes are forgettable. I don't have a great memory of them, mm-hmm. but um, they weren't bad. But I mean, like four or five, and the like half of season six, the lost episodes were, they were stellar. I think yeah. the only place you can watch six is. You can buy them now, oh, okay. the DVD yeah. you can. But yeah, it was originally aired on Netflix because they had an agreement to save those, at least to, to broadcast or produce those episodes, yeah. and they were a Netflix thing. That's why I'm going to be a Netflix customer pretty much for yeah. the rest of time, because they did that. And they're in talks to get more Star Wars yeah. now, too. So. Yeah, I mean... They know where their, but- where their bread is buttered. Look at these pre-sales for these yeah. tickets. I mean, <laughs> if you can get a million subscribers just for having Star Wars, yeah, they're exactly. going to keep Star Wars. Yeah. So... I hardly recommend, heartily recommend, heartily, <laughs> let me enunciate, heartily, The Clone Wars, because it's it's really a great storytelling, it's it's canon, the animation only gets better with time, mm-hmm. and the sound is amazing, I, it's not George, it's not George, ah, not John Williams' score, but it is a good score that yep. improves itself on its own, yep. and for a purpose, they didn't bring in John Williams' music, because there were there were times when they alluded to it in some of the music, but it was very sparse because that's not that's not what it was about. Also, let's be honest, he's probably really expensive. Oh yeah, <laughs> for, oh, yeah. for a cartoon budget. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if Lucas owns the music, most likely, so he could just do yeah, whatever he wants. Exactly. It. So, but it was really, really great to to be able to watch this series and, and to have it because before this, there was a a now non-canon series called The Clone Wars, which was a uh, uh, 2D animation. By Gendy Tartakovsky. I never even saw it. it. It's good, and it's it came out before Episode Three, um, so it was kind of like the opening scroll, kind of being animated in a way. Mm-hmm. And it was a really cool rendition of Jedi and the Clone Wars. I recommend watching that if you ever have a couple hours to kill, because it's not long. The whole two seasons is maybe in two and a half hours at most. Uh, it's really cool, but it's not canon. But there's some great stuff that happens, and if I remember right, there's no Jar Jar. So you'll be able to watch that without any remorse. You know, I know we're getting long in the tooth, but I have to ask an interesting question. So you, you're about my age. So mm-hmm. you, you grew up with Star Wars. You remember hearing the Clone Wars reference several times. Mm-hmm. This was long before the prequels came out. Um, did, did you, did what, what was released for the Clone Wars, does that match what you had in your head of what the Clone Wars was before we didn't even, like Lucas was tight-lipped. He never told anything about the Clone Wars until the movies started coming out. Right. right? So... What did what in your head did you imagine the Clone Wars was, and did it match before the prequels even existed? Yeah. Right. So what I thought the Clone Wars was was Jedi clones, mm-hmm. the, because you had books and you had the EU at that time, which 
talked about like a crazy clone or yeah. these are things that happened for these clones and so like okay well this must be the clone wars they were these super powerful clones that the jedi had to fight that's kind of where i was what i had in mind before the prequel kind of prequels redefined what it was yeah and i always sort of had this imag- this imaginative idea that the mandalorians played a bigger part of it than they did like i always thought that right. the you, the mandalorians were sort of this old broken set by the time the original trilogy comes along and we read start reading eu books and stuff like that so i always kind of figured the mandalorians were broken in the clone wars mm-hmm. they kind of were not really in a way in a way but it they didn't play in as much as i expected i think ultimately what they did was pretty good Right. Um, I can't complain, but it was nothing like what I expected it was. But I, I can I can only ever go back and think, wow, you know, when I was reading the EU books when I was a kid, just after watching the original trilogy, I would have never imagined the Clone Wars as it exists today. Yeah. And I think the hardest part I had to swallow is that you only get like 15 years after the Clone Wars before the original trilogy, trilogy starts. And the galaxy forgets so much of what went on in that 15-year period. You get uh, between episode 3 and 4? Isn't it 15 years? I think it's 20. 20? Because, still. 20 because still Luke and Leia, obviously, are born at the end, and they're about 20 when it comes uh, out. Yeah, that's about right. But, I mean... 18, I think, maybe is the actual... Think about around well, there. what happened 20 years ago. So, 1995. That's not really clear in our memory what happened in 1995. Yeah, post-Gulf War. It was right after the Gulf War a little bit. I remember that. Right, so... Uh, senior George late, W. Bush it be, was the president, It's almost right? like the late 80s sort of, you know, mm-hmm. sort of feel thing going on. So, I can remember it pretty well. I certainly wouldn't forget about something like some the big Jedi. event. Yeah, yeah, and you, the Clone War. There'd be no massive gal- galaxy scale war. Well, right. Right, you could be on some pod on Jakku or something and never hear about it. But um, <laughs> or Hoth, or Hoth. Yeah, but it's just I don't know. I'm curious to see. I think we're going to get more of a taste of that in Episode Seven, which yeah. is why I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. I'm so excited for Episode Seven. I mean, we'll we'll talk more about yeah. that as we get closer. But uh, next week we'll be talking about Spectre. Oh, okay. So that's going to be coming out uh, episode... Episode. <laughs> November 6th uh, is the uh, the release date for Spectre, which is also the date for my Extra Life stream. So if the Force aligns properly, we'll be able to see Spectre, record an episode, I'll be able to get it all together and edited, put together, post it, go to sleep, wake up, and do a 24-hour gaming marathon. And I'll troll you on Twitch the whole time. <laughs> hey, as long as you give me something to, to laugh at or whatever, some engagement, that's all I need. So to, to follow along with that, uh, you'll be able to follow me on Twitch. I am Spider Jedi over there, uh, Sith Nightmare on Twitter. And if you want to check out my Extra Life page, extra-life.org slash participant slash NT uh, for more information there. You're on Twitter. Yes, uh, at Han underscore, I think, because some other dude already had Han. <laughs> Should go fight him. Jerk. <laughs> go, um, go be like, hey, dude, seriously, I'm the original. Yeah. That's where you can find me. I'm, I'm fairly active on Twitter. I don't post a lot, but I'm there. Yeah. You, if you say something about Star Wars, I'm sure he'll respond. I will chime. Because yep. Jared and I also like to play the uh, X-Wing game, which we haven't played in a long time. We it's need to true. play. Yeah. Uh, It'll and be soon. In addition to that, actually, uh, I will be playing now with uh, with some friends over at Zeke's Comic and Games in Washington. We're going to be doing a, uh, a Star Wars Age of Rebellion kind of storyline RPG, which I've never done an RPG before. I've mentioned to you that Star Wars is my gateway drug. It seems yep. to do these other things. But and I'm a seasoned old veteran of all things role-playing. So. He's, he's haggard with his old yep. beard. and <laughs> I've seen things. So I was telling him about my, my experience that we've had with the first episode. He was like, yep, I've been there. I understand yep. it all. <laughs> so 
You may find uh, an episode possibly of a re an audio recording of all the uh, hijinks that ensue with that. Uh, that's something that's in the works. Possibly it may never come to fruition, but maybe we'll see. So, uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, at EntertainingPod. You can shoot us an email over at that'sentertaining at gmail.com. And a question for you this week, listeners. What are your feelings on the Clone Wars series? You've heard what we thought. We've heard, you've heard what our favorite episodes, our characters, what we thought were the important things that come out of the Clone Wars. Uh, what do you think is important from the Clone Wars? Love to hear what your thoughts are. So, that'll do it for us this week, ladies and gentlemen. We thank you for listening, and we hope that you have been entertained.